Welcome back to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Joe Jansrek with the GIE Media Horticulture Group. And today I'm joined by Dan Himes, president of Terra Nova Nurseries in Canby, Oregon, and one of this year's Cultivate 14 speakers in Columbus, Ohio. Dan, thank you for joining us today. It is my pleasure. <laughs> well, Dan, <laughs> uh, you actually gave three presentations at Cultivate 14 this year. Uh, what were the topics? All right, let's see. We did new perennials from around the world, right plant, right place, and then container gardening and small space solutions. So, Dan, when it comes to... I'm sorry. Oh, that was... I'm just saying that's the three. So when it comes to perennials from around the world, what are some of your your favorites and, and why are they your favorites? Well, it goes in to a little more than what you've got there is just favorites. It's uh, how new plants are found, and it's part of my job description is to go around the world seeking new plants and new species to add. Um, I've been to 25 countries in a horticultural aspect, and Japan, I have to say, is probably my favorite place to visit. Why would that be? And I think it's that if you go into a nursery in the U.S., especially someone like myself, you get kind of jaded. You've kind of seen everything, and maybe you'll see a couple new plants. But in Japan, I could walk into a nursery and see hundreds of plants I had never seen before. And, yeah, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And they, um, and the Chinese and the Japanese have some uh, really cool uh, traditions and um, just sort of a different palette of plants, but they do very well um, in the U.S. And, you know, everybody knows hostas, but there I would see a hosta that had longitudinal stripes. Mm-hmm. And it's called amime, and that blows people away. Um, hydrangeas that are evergreen, fragrant, and purple on the foliage. That was kind of wild. Uh, so many acerums there. And then some of the uh, breeding work that's being done in Holland and Germany is extremely impressive. Um, a lot of anemones, uh, peonies, flocks. Uh, for Germany, it's uh, a company called Heuger is doing some really amazing hellebores that are pretty much established. So that's just a couple places. Uh, England is probably my number two location. It's just it's in those people's blood. What can I say? <laughs> now, how will you apply uh, some of what you what you saw and some of what you learned uh, from those from those favorite stops uh, here in the United States? Well, you have to sometimes identify your targets. Uh, what plants are going to be hardy in the eastern seaboard where most people live, um, and what plants are hardy for the Midwest that won't have problems with. Uh, and the south, uh, problems with heat and humidity uh, during the summer months. Northwest is just too easy. (laughs) We're a bit spoiled up here. And so, you know, if I'm looking for ultra-hardy plants, I may go to Sweden and look at plants there, or Denmark. And all over the world, uh, a lot of it's just knowing what plants are. I mean... 
God knows how many I have in my brain right now. But it's, <laughs> it's a lot, and it's it's knowing the families, knowing the genera, and uh, where they were sourced from, um, identifying diseases. You know, we don't want to introduce any new new nasties. Um, and I love it. It's a it's a fun life. Well, you can certainly tell that. Um, your second presentation was on, on uh, garden problems and solutions. It was titled Right Plants in, in uh, the Right Place. Um, what are some, some examples? Well, I started out with the premise that every garden has a lot of microclimates, and you can have a desert in your garden. Everybody's got that hot, hot, dry area, and usually they have nothing growing there. Uh, but there's an entire palette of plants that really enjoy the heat. Uh, things like agastache um, are, and especially some of the um, the hardier ones like the Kudos series, are natives of New Mexico and Arizona. They're used to torrid heat and drought, uh, yet they continue to flower. And there's a lot of Coreopsis that fall into that as well. So... Um, so we have we have these hot deserts in the garden. We also have dry shade, and a number of plants, including heuchera, do quite well in the dry shade. Uh, wet spots and clay. I brought up that I had a, a landscape company for 20 years. It was Terra Green Landscaping Company, and people would say, you know, my garden is wet all the time. I have standing water. And I said, well, we can do a French drain and take the water out, or, you know, and that's going to be a huge cost, or we could plant plants that love soggy, wet conditions, like uh, Brunnera, Dicentra, Hydrangeas, um, Ligularias, Persicaria, I could go on and on, of plants that do really well on clay. I uh, dipped into perennials that do really well in containers. And in the Northwest, we can leave them in there year-round. And other areas, you may have to tuck it into the house, but you could actually have a perennial container that doesn't cost to uh, replant every spring. Or you, or you plant a few annuals around with the perennials. And, of course, the heuchras and um, some of the hostas actually look really nice containers. They're underused in taller containers, and they look so nice. And I, I go a bit into plants that work well in crevices. A lot of people have rock walls that they want to fill out. And um, one of the problems this year, uh, this last winter, was the amount of salt that was being applied. And it's really good to know the plants that can really handle the salt, like uh, Armeria and uh, Chelone. Uh, Coreopsis are all really salt tolerant. Yes. So... You got a lot of solutions, and it's just knowing, knowing your plants, being educated, and putting the right plant in the right place. I'd like to circle back to uh, an earlier point you made about or some of what you were saying about container uh, gardens, um, uh -huh. and, and because that was that was uh, the the uh, theme of your third presentation, uh, right. container gardening and, and small space gardening. Why why is container gardening so so popular, and what are what are some of the tips to remember when it comes to small space gardening? A lot of people ask me, you know, you see a lot, Dan, what are the trends? 
I go to so many trade shows, and overwhelmingly, containers are the number one trend. And it's mostly because people can have a container, even with the smallest garden, with uh, just having a little patio or a little balcony when you're in apartments. And even if you don't have a balcony in an apartment, you can look at the world of houseplants, which are on their way back. We're really excited. That was, um, I had a previous company called Exotic Plants Unlimited. I did that for a number of years. But it's... um, it's exciting to see, uh, you know, just these Gen Gen Y, Gen Z at some of these plant sales, and they said, "This is just the coolest plant. I can't. I love the stripes on it." And I said, "Yeah, that's a wandering Jew." <laughs> so it's well, that's just, very it's rewarding, fun. rewarding for it. It, it is. It, it's fun fun to see, and I don't give them any trouble if it's common. <laughs> I'm just thrilled to see people excited about a exactly. a pretty plant and exactly. an easy care plant and yeah. you know so much of it is having success and that's why plants have to be garden worthy or or adapted to a container as it were because I, I talk uh, quite a bit about uh, bullies in the containers the way the sweet potato vines used to be I mean you'd plant it and they would just overwhelm everything mm. so it's nice to know the ones that play well with others <laughs> and again that's why the heuchers have done so well um but anyhow in this talk i do go over a lot of containers the types of containers which ones are truly freeze-proof uh, maintenance self-watering containers which is another trend you know people don't want to spend a lot of time on maintenance we're finding i think it's always been but it's it comes to a head a lot of people in high-tech jobs, and you offer them a hydroponic setup that waters itself, fertilizes itself, and you have to fill it maybe once a month. Uh, that's that's new stuff, and that's uh, pretty cool, and the plants do, do well. Excellent. Well, Dan, thank you for sharing, uh, sharing what this uh, really um, important, exciting, uh, and, and fun information about perennials. Um, for our listeners who want more information on perennials, where can they go? They can go to www.terranovanurseries.com, and they can, if they're a professional, they can come in as a professional or as a homeowner. And it's it, we don't sell anything on the site. It is um, information. And wholesale customers will have links to, um, because we are a wholesale-only company, they'll have links to that. But there's tons of tons of pictures and uh, a lot of good information on all the plants I've talked about. And as you know, I speak all over the world, and I'm always up for another speaking gig if anybody <laughs> has one. So, oh, wonderful. That's, there, good. That's good to know. There's my plug. <laughs> okay. Well, Dan, thanks again. My pleasure, Joe. This has been Joe Jansrek for the Grower Radio Network, wishing you a good rest of the day and happy growing.